You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, episode number 50. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. I cannot believe we made it to episode 50. It feels like yesterday that I just started this passion project, and now it has become something um, so important to me and important to you too, judging by the amount of emails I get from a lot of the episodes. And I thought, you know, 50 episodes, we have to celebrate somehow. And so a couple of weeks ago, I wandered down into the basement where my husband works in his home office. And I said, I need an idea. What is like some big, exciting thing I can do to celebrate the 50th episode? Because it feels like a milestone. If you know me at all, I'm a little bit of a commitment phobe. I am fantastic at starting projects and really crappy at finishing them. And so that I've made it 50 weeks doing this podcast is like something to celebrate for me personally, um, but also to celebrate because I really think it's making a difference in the lives of my listeners. And so my husband came up with this brilliant idea. Why don't you bring in some of your clients and celebrate what you've created together as a community. And so that's exactly what I've decided to do today. So we have four of the current Nourish Yourself students on this interview with me today. And we are gonna talk about everything weight loss, everything life, the things that they've learned in the program, what they're still struggling with and where they wanna move forward. And so with that said, let's get to it. Ladies. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And thank you so much for being part of Nourish Yourself. Um, I love you guys to no end. And I know this because every time I get off a call with you, I walk downstairs down to my husband's office and he looks at me and he smiles and he says, I know, I know you love your clients because every time I get off a call with one of you, that's what I walk down and say. It just brings me nothing but joy um, to spend time with you. So thank you again for being here. I would love you guys to just introduce yourself and maybe let listeners know why you join Nourish Yourself and what you were maybe struggling with before you decided to take the plunge and take a chance with me. Um, I'm Christina and I joined Nourishment Lounge um, because a little when Michelle was starting this journey of Weza Health, um, I had just had my first child, found myself at my heaviest weight that I've ever been yet again. Um, and I knew that I had a lot of things in my life that I could very easily pass down onto my kids um, that would cause them to struggle with their weight. And I wanted to do something about it. And I wanted it to be easier to move around and keep up with my kid. But I didn't know what to do. I've done Weight Watchers. I've done my fitness pal. I've done tracking and calorie counting and meal plans. And I just could lose 25 pounds and then get tired of counting and give up and gain 30 pounds. 
So I joined uh, one of her 1% wins groups, which are fantastic, and saw that this really was a different way, that this would help me to just finally get over all of my stuff with food. Um, so I joined, and I'm so glad that I did, because uh, I can't even picture what life would be like right now without it. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. So I guess I'll go next. Uh, my name is Heather. I also, similar to Christina, was in a situation where I tried so many different things and just hadn't had the success. So I basically knew what didn't work for me, but I didn't know where to go from there. And so when I had the opportunity to participate in a 1% challenge, I saw that this was different. And I saw that this wasn't just about counting calories or counting macros or how many hours you put in at the gym. I saw that it was going to expand the knowledge that I thought I already had to include stuff beyond just calories in, calories out. And it really has turned out that way. It was, it was really scary at first. I'm very much a type A person. I like to plan. I like to know what's going on. And so to keep from being overwhelmed initially, Michelle did a phenomenal job getting us geared and making sure that we were given the right amount of information at the right time so that we could absorb it and process it and work with it, but still continue to make progress. So that's uh, my story of where I have been right now. Um, I continue to learn from Michelle and the program every day, and I'm really very grateful for that. Oh, thank you so much. You guys are going to make me cry. <laughs> Heather. I'm, my name is also Heather, which can sometimes make it confusing in our group calls. I joined the program when a fitness coach that I had been working with um, stepped away from her business and Michelle was getting started with hers and said, hey, why don't you come join me? And I was like, okay, because I'd seen the success that you'd been having. And I am so glad that I did. Uh, like Heather said, it it's changed my life in ways that I hadn't expected it to. And it's not just about the weight loss, even though that's like, that's a large part of it. And I've had success there, but how I've been showing up for myself, um, in my personal life, in my relationships and at work. Uh, I think that's been pretty, uh, it's been an incredible byproduct. Um, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. That that's amazing. And I cannot wait to dig into that piece of it a little bit more because I suspect all four of you will say, yeah, you know, this is what's happened with my weight loss, but <laughs> this is what's happened in my relationships and other parts of my life. And that might even be a little bit more important. So we're going to get to that. My name is Michelle and interesting that you roll into that piece because, um, I agree. I think originally I, joined the program, I've tried everything just like everybody else. And I think the more I tried, the less I knew myself and the less I knew what worked for me because I was relying on, you know, a method. You have to eat so much of this and you have to hit that. And it felt wrong. It, I, I wasn't hungry or I was starving or, and I just couldn't figure out who I was, but I couldn't do that because I couldn't trust myself. 
-hmm. I didn't know how to trust myself with food because my whole life I've had challenges with eating too much, gaining weight, losing it, getting it back again. So the reason why I joined is because I knew what I was doing wasn't working. And so much of your program is based on building that trust with myself again, mm-hmm. really getting to know who I am and what I need and what my body needs and you know how it's going to change with cha- time and having that confidence to know that I'm going to have those skills. As my body changes, I'll be able to figure out what it is. So I've really gained a level of intuition with myself that I didn't think was possible. And you know, just having that ability to work through all of those things has just been so valuable. So as much as you say, we bring you joy, you've brought joy to our lives. That is just, you know, insurmountable. And we really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I think one of the strengths here is also the community that we've grown together, right? Because I think in our culture, it's not really okay to talk about weight in a real way, right? Like in, in a way that matters um, out there in the world. It's something that we we keep to ourselves. And it is so frustrating to be on that diet roller coaster and have like for some of us decades of experience dieting behind us, but feeling like we've gotten nowhere. And you get to this place where you have become so disconnected from yourself and you, you know intuitively that dieting isn't going to work. You know intuitively that things just aren't right. But how do you articulate that um, to somebody who hasn't been, you know, yo-yo dieting forever in a day, right? And so I think by us coming together and all having this common experience of, you know, being so frustrated and knowing that there has to be another way, but not knowing what that way is, we've just provided this safe space for all of us to explore, you know, some of these bigger issues, such as reconnecting with yourself, reconnecting with your body, um, untangling yourself from all of those diet rules that you've just absorbed in over the years. I know for me, it's, it's kind of interesting because I do love the nourishment lounge. Um, I love coming in and seeing where other people have had 1% or some of the bigger wins, like the 10% or the, the boom town wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I love coming in and sharing that with everyone, but I also find it interesting in my own life because once in a while, like when I find myself having a big win, I don't want to run up to my husband who doesn't have weight issues and doesn't have the same issues that I do. I find that I want to run to the nourishment lounge and share with the group because I know that there's, I don't need to explain it. And I know that they're going to celebrate it as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And it's appreciated. And it's going to, my success is going to be bolstered. Mm -hmm. by the cheering from the group. Yeah, I love that. And for listeners, the Nourishment Lounge is just the name of our community um, where we gather online. And I I think, you know, you said something important there in that, you know, you, you come into the Nourishment Lounge and you feel supported and you also, you, you get the support and you also get that celebration. And one of the things that we love to do is celebrate those 1% wins. And that's where those 1% challenges, you know, come from, where we really task ourselves to focus on what we're doing right, what's going well, and celebrating and acknowledging that, you know, we're actually doing better than 
we think we are most of the time. But on the flip side, the nourishment lounge and our coaching calls is also sometimes a time where we have to, you know, call you out. Right. Cause it's, and I don't mean you specifically, Heather. I mean, like <laughs> I've, I've called myself you, out, remember? <laughs> right. Like, like, you know, you, you come in and you say, you know what, I've been eating like crap for 10 days. And yeah, I mean, yes, you know what, we're going to sympathize with you, but then we're going to say, okay, well, what the heck's going on? Why? And let's solve for this. Right. So um, it's certainly not a place where we can come and complain and whine. You're not going to get that from any of us in this group, I think. But it's a great place to to have your thoughts about some of these things um, really challenged. And you know, you're going to get valuable feedback and whether it's from yourself or another coach or whether it's from another member nobody's going to poo-poo your experience. Nobody's going to say that what you've said or what you're feeling is invalid. And you're getting feedback both from the professional level and from the, from your other supporters. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And for anybody who's listened to the podcast before, I think you all know that this is not a place where you're going to get meal plans or, you know, macro ratios to follow or, you know, other sorts of things. Um, but you do get a bunch of tools to help you. And as Michelle said earlier, one of the big focuses is really just learning how to trust yourself again, um, which I personally believe is really one of the foundations that underlies success in weight loss. And uh, I'm curious though, like if, if you look at all of the tools that you've learned so far inside Nourish Yourself, is there one that you find particularly useful? Um, one that's maybe pushed you um, a little bit to grow or that's affected your weight loss in, in the most profound way? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I think for um, me, oh, sorry. I think it's for me personally, uh, the hunger scale. By far, the hunger scale really was, whoa, I can learn that what satisfied feels like. And I now eat when I'm hungry. I don't think I really knew what it was like to be hungry for a long time because I just, you know, I'm an emotional eater. So I tend to eat a lot of times when I'm not hungry. And now I'm much more aware of that piece. And then stopping when I was satisfied, um, much better at doing that. I was just able to uh, have a trip where I went to Las Vegas for four days. And I, you know, when I came back, I had not gained a pound. And because I committed that I was going to follow the hunger scale. So I really just ate what I wanted, but I stopped when I was full and I only ate when I was hungry. So that's been a really important tool for me over this last six months or so. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Uh, I would agree that the hunger scale is like a golden ticket to like helping yourself with your weight, um, what you eat, how you eat, like everything and understanding yourself better. I actually had a moment tonight when I um, came home before picking up my kid and I was a little bit hungry and I thought, God, I'm hungry. I need to eat. I'm like, but wait a second. Do I really like, do I really need a granola bar to carry me over for half an hour? No, it's okay. And you'd be surprised how much you don't eat if you're able to stop and do that. 
one of the other worksheets that we did that I actually really, really liked, and it was one of your examples in the video that really pushed me over the edge with this one was the red, yellow, green foods mm -hmm. and how behavior and how you eat it can be as, as important as making sure it's a perfectly nutritional meal right? As to say, you know what? I love ice cream and I'm still going to eat ice cream, but I'm not going to eat it sitting on the couch. Or I love my chocolate bar and I'm going to eat my chocolate bar, but you know, I'm not going to shove it in my mouth driving home from the convenience store sort of thing was just a really valuable tool. And especially I think having, trying to do something like this on my own, I don't think the behavior of how I eat these things would have ever clued in. I I would have always been trying to, well, how do I make a chocolate bar more healthy? Like, do I just eat half? I don't really want to do that sort of thing. So I, that I really liked that worksheet. It was mm -hmm. really helpful to me. Mm -hmm. And I think you hit on an important point there, Christina, is in traditional diets, you know, the diet industry really just focuses on the what like what you're eating, how much of it you're eating, when you're eating it, and all of that sorts of things. But um, the environment and the circumstances around your eating really matters too, right? Like, can you really pay attention to your hunger scale and stop when you feel like you've had enough if you're eating while you're driving, right? Or if you're eating in front of the TV. And, you know, like similar, like with the ice cream, even just choosing to put it in a bowl instead of eating it out of the tub. It's just such a simple way to, you know, be more aware of how much you're actually eating. And I don't think people often talk about the how you eat, right? It's, it's always just focused on the what. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. One of the talking about worksheets, one of the ones that seems so counterintuitive, but was extremely eye opening for me was the tedious, powerful worksheet. Mm -hmm. And um, I love chips and dip and it's, it's definitely a weakness. And I remember the day that I broke out that worksheet and I sat down at the kitchen table with my bag of chips and dip at supper time. That was my planned supper. It was on my 24 hour plan. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And every bite I wrote down exactly the, the tactile feelings and also the, the emotional feelings, everything associated with it for every single bite. And I don't think there's any other program where the people you're working with and your coaches are going to say, sit down and have at her, have as much as you possibly can, but document, write down every single bite. So it was that was probably, there's so many excellent worksheets, but that one in particular was very enlightening for myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do everything as well, right? I am still, you know, at the, you know, the middle or the top third of my own weight loss journey, right? I still got a little ways to go. And I do all of these worksheets and exercises as well when I need to. And Heather, like you, like chips and dip is also kryptonite for me. Um, I love it. And um, like, I particularly like, like the cream cheese dips, like those, those are my favorite. And I sat down once and did the tedious, powerful worksheet with chips and dip. And um, I managed to get maybe 10 chips in and it's like, 
I can't cope with this. It is way too salty. I don't like the taste. I'm not enjoying this at all. And this is not necessarily the outcome we're we're looking for with the tedious, powerful worksheet. It's not. We're just trying to build awareness around how, you know, how we actually feel when we're eating these foods. But it totally turned me off. And this was maybe a year ago. I still can't eat chips and dip. Every once in a while, I get nostalgic for it, right? Like last night with the Oilers, you know, playing their their playoff game, you know, knowing very well that these are the Oilers and it might, you know, I, I might only have one or two more of these games to watch. I thought I'd like to watch this with chips and dip. And like I had like two and it's like, I can't, I just don't like it anymore. And really for me, it was just gaining that awareness of like, I think it had just become habit to eat chips and dip in certain, you know, instances. And I just didn't enjoy it anymore. Um, so I, I do the work too, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the most powerful thing has been the 24 hour plan. And it's also the thing that I resisted the most. Um, because Funny I how that works. Hey, I know. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, it, it was just about learning how to show up for myself and to make sure that I was making choices that were, that I was making with my, my prefrontal cortex instead of my lizard brain. Mm-hmm. And, um, and on the, and I, I guess what really kind of solidified it was the couple of days Um, early on in the program when I didn't do that 24 hour plan, when I went back and looked at what my day had looked like, it was like, Oh, there is something to this. And, um, so again, it's, it's back to that building awareness and, um, just learning how to show up for myself Mm -hmm. in a way that was going to get me closer to where I wanted to move towards. Okay. And can you give us some examples of how the 24-hour plan has actually changed? You're eating, yes, but also other aspects of your life. Um, so I also use kind of the same philosophy with um, uh, um, spending money, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, do, like, I do too. Yep. Yeah. Right. It's, um, you know, if I, I'm saving for a big backyard renovation. Um, and it's like, okay, so if I'm, if I'm going to save that money, I can't just be shopping willy nilly. And so I kind of, I make a plan of, okay, when I make my 24 hour food plan, what am I going to, um, spend money on today? And then if something comes up and that's not on the plan, then it doesn't happen. It can go on tomorrow's plan or the next day or the next payday or whatever, but there's been a lot more. It just has made me more mindful and more aware of um, the decisions that I make. And if the decision is made um, in the, in the moment with my lizard brain, rather than sat down and thought out and, and carefully planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had another example and it's gone now. All good. Can I ask you, why did you resist the 24 hour plan? Because this is common. This is for sure. Of all the tools that you get in the program, this is the one that seems to cause the most, um, you know, internal struggle for people. Well, and it's funny because um, I'm a planner by nature, yet Mm -hmm. to sit down and plan in advance what I was going to eat. Well, how will I know at dinner time? 
how will I know what I want to eat at dinner time? you know, the night before the morning of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it felt like it felt like it was taking spontaneity away. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that within the program, as we moved through it and learned, you know, about what was on our protocol, you can substitute things um, when when things come up, you kind of have that backup game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was more, I didn't want to be, t- I didn't want to, not that I was commitment phobic, but I didn't really want to make those decisions ahead of time. And I think it's because I didn't realize how actual, I didn't realize how much of my mind chatter was consumed with food chatter. Yeah. Yeah. Until it was gone. Yeah. And you know what? I think that is so common for most of us. Like ladies, do you agree that pre-nourish yourself, there was just a lot of mental bandwidth going towards thinking about food. Mm -hmm. I actually, one of the, actually just was writing about this the other day. One of the pros of the 24 hour plan, along with dealing with like a lot of emotional eating is I eat really simple now because I don't want to spend 25 minutes meal planning for the week. I mean, we've discussed before how much I hate meal planning, um, like as bulk, (laughs) (laughs) not doing it so I don't but the way I get away with that is my family eats like a variety of 12 dinners right (laughs) like um and so I eat the same thing for breakfast five days a week on the days I work I eat something different on Saturday and Sunday but it's the same thing every Saturday and like I eat really simply now because I've been able to let go of all of that chatter about food and how it should be and what I should be eating and what do I want to eat and how like letting go of it emotionally is it going to make me feel good it doesn't matter like that's not what's really gonna you know make me go to bed happy with the day at the end of the day so and I would say to articulate why I resisted it and I was even a person who already did like a daily journaling plan thing was like I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it and Mm -hmm. if I say what I'm going to eat today tonight and I change my mind tomorrow then it's just gonna be this whole big thing because I don't get to just do what I want and yet and yet right I mean you all had similar objections to doing this 24-hour plan and you all have had pretty surprising insights that have come up by by following it for a period of time right like um, Heather M I remember you saying at some point that you actually felt more freedom, not less by doing the 24 hour plan, which was surprising for you. I thought it was going to be really restrictive and it became more freeing because I wasn't spending as much mental energy thinking about all the things or about all the options. It was already, it was like, Oh, I already, you, you write it down and then it's done for the day and you don't have to spend that time later on. Um, and it was, it was just like, Oh, and I honestly had no idea how much I thought about food. I thought that I was like pretty dialed in that way that, you know, it's like, no, no, I, I know what I'm going to make. And, but I was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) very wrong (laughs) at the start of the program. Like you were very adamant that you identified as a cook, somebody who loves food, a foodie and how has your identity changed at all 
in, in terms of that going through the program? No, but I have noticed that, I mean, I still love to cook and I still, I, I still do meal plan and all those things. Um, but I find that I eat less because I'm more tuned into my hunger scale. I think I've made more, just more awareness about the foods that I'm eating in terms of how it makes my body feel. Mm -hmm. And, but nothing's off limits, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I still like chips and dip. And so they still show up in my meal plans. (laughs) And fantastic. Um, But like, let me, let me just point this out, right? You were just so reluctant to let go of those identities of being a foodie, of being a cook. And yet here you are, you've lost weight. You're still a foodie. You're still a cook. You didn't have to give up. Um, that no. identity to to reach your goals. And I, I think at the beginning, you were worried that that would have to happen. I kind of was. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, no, I didn't have. To, I think I've gained more than I've lost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 I, I, I hear that. I hear that a lot. And just, I want to circle back. A couple of you have mentioned that you um, also engage in emotional eating from time to time. And notice my language there, ladies. I didn't say you're emotional eaters because you're not like you're women and you're human. And you just have this behavior of emotional eating sometimes, right? Let's just put that out there. Um, But how has this program helped you navigate your emotional eating behaviors? I think one of the biggest things is actually recognizing urges. So I find that my urges are triggered typically by emotion. So fatigue, I learned that fatigue is huge for me. As soon as I'm tired, I'm in the pantry trying to eat it away. And I find that through the program, I've become much more aware of my urges. So first I get the urge and the urge is brought on, I think, by the fatigue. So there's a very helpful meditation that you've given us with and just sitting with the urge. So a lot of the work that we've done about processing emotions, identifying emotions, you know, and being able to have conversations. And, you know, one of the things is I've actually evolved to be much more vulnerable. So I have much better language now to sit and share with those in my proximity, typically my husband, (laughs) it would always be like, I'm just mad. I'm just so mad. I'm going to go to the pantry. I'm mad. You know, I'm tired. I'm mad. But now I'm like, whoa, you know, that hurt my feelings when you did that. And we need to talk about that. So I have better vocabulary. I have because I trust my body more and I have a better sense of intuition. I have more confidence in myself overall that I can say, this is how I really feel. And it doesn't feel good. And I need to tell you that. And I want to talk about that. So Am I perfect? No, but I'm much more aware. Like you said, I'm still a woman. I still have emotions. I'm still human. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. I'm not an emotional eater. I just have times where I emotionally eat and I have to say they're way less frequent. Yeah. I mean, and isn't that amazing? Like, I just want to stop for a moment and acknowledge how profound it is what you just said, that you're trusting your body more that you can Much hear more. your body more like that's that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Like, do you Even remember Michelle husband, when you when you yeah. came into the program um you were counting macros? Yes. And do you remember how hard it was to let that go? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. 
I yeah. do. It was hard, you know, because yeah. I didn't trust myself. And I had the mm-hmm. conversation with people and they're like, you're what? Like, you're just not going to count. You're not going to do anything because it, it had become what I thought I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel right, which is why I, you know, knew I needed to do something different. But mm-hmm. what that was and how to do it wasn't easy. Um, but I've come leaps and bounds. And even my husband said, whoa, like, I really appreciate your vulnerability. Like you're, you're really able to like open it up. You know, I had a recent experience where I was feeling quite envious and, and just, it wasn't sitting well. And I was like, this is going to sound so silly. And he's like, what? And I'm like, no, I can't say it out loud. And then I just went on this streak for a week where I was like eating all this stuff and it was just not feeling right. And then finally I said it out loud. I was like, this is how I feel. And, you know, I feel envious and this is what I wish I was. And and then I was able to just get it out faster, process it and move on with it. Mm-hmm. Did your eating change after yes. you let it out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, it, 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 isn't that profound? You don't express your emotion. You eat like a crazy person. You say what needs to be said. The emotional eating stops, right? Yeah. And people wonder why I put so much emphasis on doing emotions work in a weight loss program because yeah. it's actually essential. And I think it surprises a lot of people. Like, was anyone here surprised at how the emotions work that we we do has impacted either their weight loss or their their life in general? I feel like as the emotionally like more intelligent person I am now, I am not at all surprised. But if you had asked <laughs> two years ago, me, like, yeah, I'm like, well, I mean, I'm going to lose 30 pounds, but it's not going to change everything in my life. Like it's a weight loss for it. But really like it's so, and like I experienced the same thing as Michelle. Like I'm in more confident in my emotions and what I need to express. And just even sharing my story, I'm a very private person. I don't, and that's even amongst like, you know, even my mom, like, she'll be like, I don't know why she's so cranky this week, but she's not talking about it. Right. Or now is like, I'll say like, this is going on and it's, you know, I'm having a rough week with it. But yeah, the, the two years ago, me, like before I started one-on-one coaching, cause I did that before the nourishment lounge would have never like would have been absolutely shocked at the change. But now that I have all this emotional, like heightened emotional intelligence, it just makes sense. Like mm-hmm. it all just makes sense that it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I think when I was like doing programs like Weight Watchers and stuff like that, I knew there was more to it than just writing down things and counting points and stuff. I think I knew that there was an emotional aspect, but I didn't know how to connect them. And mm-hmm. I think that's just been the key here, right? That I've mm-hmm. figured out what, how, how they're related and how really the emotions are triggering the actions, which usually wound up with me putting food in my mouth when I wasn't hungry. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that really strikes me with the emotions, and I agree the work we've done with emotions has been phenomenal. I still struggle with identifying the emotions that I'm feeling and Mm -hmm. how it's leading to my behaviors, but I've done way better in identifying situations that trigger eating that is 
contrary to my plan. Right. And I mean, we've talked about my witching hour, right? Like I have preteen and teenagers and I work full time and my husband owns a business and quite early in the program because of the 24 hour plans and because of the discovery worksheets, I was able to see that, okay, that between school, after work, pre-supper period, and just like you have when you have an infant, I called it my witching hour. Um, it's a trigger for me. And, you know, I couldn't necessarily put a name on the emotion that it was triggering, but I knew that that was a danger zone. And so we came up with strategies on how to address that and not just how to address the, the urge to eat, but also what type of strategies can we do to make that heightened emotional situation more palatable, I guess. Yeah, yeah sure. You know? and, and so that's, that's something that I really appreciate. Like I'm always in awe of, you know, Heather M and Michelle and, you know, for someone to be able to come out and especially to a husband or a loved one and say, you know, that really hurt me. We need to talk about it. That's not always an easy thing to do. And it's something I still struggle with, but at least having that background of being able to recognize there's something going on here and I need to, I need to acknowledge it even just to myself has been Mm -hmm. huge. Right. And this is why we made that move to have Nourish Yourself be a lifetime program because, you know, these are big deal issues that we're dealing with and we cannot expect them to just all of a sudden go away overnight. And, you know, Heather, you and I will continue to work on this and we'll get you there. And I I will believe that for you until you can believe that for yourself. Yeah. We'll start the list of all the things we're going to work on. Is that how we're going <laughs> to, we'll start with that emotion. <laughs> yeah. We'll move on to the perfectionism. We'll go from there to who knows what we'll right. come up with. Next. Yeah. Yeah. It's a never ending story. But I appreciate you being honest about the fact that you're still struggling with some of this, because I think it's easy, you know, to come on an interview like this and, you know, just spew out roses about everything. Right. And this is, hard work. This is hard work. It's not like you click, you know, the register button and then things all just kind of magically get better. You actually have to do like some pretty deep and often painful work to get the results that you want in in this program, right? And I don't want to give the impression that um, everything is, you know, unicorns and sunshine all the time in here because, you know, it isn't. And so I'd like to talk about some of the things that you're still struggling with and your thoughts about how you think you might navigate through that over the next month or two. (laughs) I guess I can start. I'm still struggling with consistency. I, as with everything in life, I go through, you know, peaks and valleys when things seem to be easier and more difficult. And it's the Mm -hmm. same with this program. And, you know, there's times when I can be extremely committed to doing my 24 hour plans and eating with a hunger scale and getting my water in and doing all those things that I know are going to make me feel better. But when I'm at a peak and I think everything's going good, I lapse. And so the ability to regroup with the nourishment lounge and regroup with the coaches is with no judgment is spectacular. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure you remember the email I sent you prior to one of our one-on-one coaching sessions where I said straight up, I'm like, I need my butt kicked. I need, you know, really some tough love to get me back on track. And I think that's going to be a forever and everything for me. Mm-hmm. And my biggest goal is to make sure my lapses become shorter and my peaks remain higher. Mm-hmm. I love that, actually. I love that. I think what I love the most about that is, you know, the recognize the the recognition that, you know, it's always there's always going to be hard. Right. It's not like you're going to find some, you know, mystical key that's going to, you know, unlock, you know, the powers of of everything through this program. We're unfortunately still human with human lives. And part of what we do here is really learn the skills that we need to, you know, continue navigating to get ourselves back um, heading in the direction that, that we want to go. Right. I mean, life sends us curved balls and we take unintentional left turns all the time. And, you know, one thing that we're learning is exactly that Heather is how we just steer ourselves back on course without totally sabotaging all of the work that we have done, you know, in, in the past to get us to, to where we are now. And to do that, as you said, with no judgment and with a hell of a lot of self-compassion too. And I'm really finding too, even if I feel like I'm completely derailed, if I really go back and look, you know, well, maybe I wasn't doing my 24 hour plans, but I was still drinking my water or maybe I wasn't doing all of my, you know, proper sleep hygiene, but, you know, I would put my plate to the side when I was actually full. Right. And so that is, that's thing that like all of these skills that I'm learning, even though I might not do all of them all the time, I'm usually doing some of them, some of the time. Yes. You're focusing on your wins. And can I also just point out how hard that was for you at the start of the program? Like, do you remember that? Yeah. Right. And now you're naturally looking for all the things that you're doing good. I love it. Yeah. Anyone else struggles? I could say, again, it's consistency. And it, I mean, like the unintentional left turns and stuff that has happened to me a lot um, it recently where I could not handle the same amount of stuff on my plate to deal with and do as I normally could. And having done work in this program, I was a able to acknowledge that and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And people, the, like you have the five foundational, you know, habits. And I could say to myself, I'm going to do one, just one, right. That's all I'm, I'm going to do one. And if I do two, that's great, but I'm going to do one. But, and I feel like, I mean, cause I've been working with you for some time and you always, yeah, get it's, it's a zigzag there. It's not a straight line to the goal. It's does it like life just does not work that way. And, but every time you zig, it becomes easier to get back in line. I, I like to liken, liken it to a video game style that nobody understands because I'm the only one that plays video games, but it's like, you're a little more powerful. You're not starting from zero again. Mm-hmm. You're starting from your foundation is higher. Your foundation is stronger. So it's not starting from scratch. 
And a lot of these hat, like these things, they become habit, they become a part of who you are. So, um, like I'm having a big struggle with sugar right now, but I have no problem eating my lunch every day at work as a salad. Right. Cause it's just something I do mm-hmm. it's just like a part of what I do now. So consistency is difficult sometimes. And I think sometimes you need to know that there are seasons in your life where you're going to have to maybe let some of it go, mm-hmm. but you've really built a good base where mm-hmm. it gets easier. And like the sugar is something that has come back to me a few times. And I now, because I have this good foundation can say, okay, well, for this week, we're just going to plan for it. We're just going to say that we are going to eat it instead of secret eating it in the car. Um, and then like next week, we're going to, you know, say we're going to eat it every other day. Um, or then we're going to stop. Like we're going to figure out what emotionally, because for me, it's quite usually emotionally driven. What is driving this? and address that. And then we can stop, we can stop planning for it. And usually if I can figure out what's driving it, then we can stop. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to say, you know what? I really don't want that today. Like right now me wants it. Future Christina doesn't want it. And today we're going to look after future Christina. So, mm-hmm. um, but it makes consi- like the program just makes it long-term consistency so much easier. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, um, I'm trying to hold back a chuckle here, um, Christina, because like both you and Heather just said that consistency is your struggle. But in describing your struggles with it, you're actually showing how consistent you are, right? I mean, you're both you're both alluding to this concept that we often talk about of identifying your bare minimums right? Like when life is trying to beat the crap out of you, what's just, what's the one small thing that you're going to do regardless, right? No matter what curveballs come your way, what are you going to do? And like Heather, for you, sometimes that was water, right? Sometimes that was, you know, putting your plate away when you were full, right? And, you know, Christina, you just mentioned a couple of things, um, right? That that bare minimum of what you can do when, you, you know, you and you've had a lot going on in the last couple months, right? And knowing that when your um, energy levels are tapped out, this is really all I can commit with. Um, and I'm okay with that, right? And you also um, brought up, you know, the concept of things being realistic, Right. Because I could hazard a guess that before you and I started working together, you would have approached these sugar times very differently. Right. And and diet culture may have even said to you, you know what, you just have to cut it out completely. You have to abstain. And, you know, that's how how you get over it. Right. And you've, you know, very much identified. It's like, okay, I've got to figure out what's going on here. So I'm going to plan for the sugar so that I don't go completely crazy and eating all the sugar, you know, (laughs) that's within an arm's reach. And then I'm going to, I have this plan on, on moving forward. Like that is such a, a responsible and forward thinking approach 
um, approach to this. And I, so I don't think that's being inconsistent at all. I think that's doing exactly what I've taught you to do, <laughs> right? Because I don't, consistency is not about eating the perfectly balanced, nutritious meal every day. That's not life, right? So I'm trying to teach you skills that are going to help you actually live your life, the messy, messy life that we have as humans and also reach your goals. Yeah. I, I guess it feels inconsistent because like it's the ebbs and the flows, right? The peaks and the valleys in, in the, we always compare to the peaks. I think you're right. Two years ago, the sugar thing with hey, I would have gained 15 pounds before I even noticed that I was having a problem with sugar. And yeah. then I would have felt like a horrible person because of all the noise in the world being like, well, you shouldn't be eating that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you know, I mean, you, you teach us well. Well, well, it, but you, you're doing the work, right? You're doing the work. Like, was there any self-judgment during this past week or two of, of struggling with the sugar? No, it was, there was a, like, what is going on here? Like, this has yeah. not been so hard to get a hold of for quite some time. So like mm-hmm. what really driving at it, but no, like, it wasn't like, Oh, you're bad. It yeah. was, it was curiosity. Why are you doing curiosity? It? Yeah. 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 Um, and just so amazing how things work out differently when we approach with curiosity versus judgment, which I think is another big thing that we talk a lot about um, inside the program. I just wanted to say that I was going to say that I was struggling with consistency too, but I think it's more, (laughs) I've learned to give myself a little bit more grace when I'm learning how to do something new, Mm -hmm. right? I've had an on again, off again relationship with meditating for years as part of my yoga practice. And so in the past month or so, I've been dedicating time in the mornings to to doing that. And, you know, I wasn't feeling well last week, so I didn't do it. But it was easier to get back into it because I gave myself some grace to be like, okay, well, you were sick. Of course, you weren't going to meditate for 10 minutes in the morning when you couldn't you know, bear the light, right? Like, you know, whereas before I would have beat myself up about, oh, I'm terrible and just thrown in the towel, right? So I think that, um, again, it's, you know, that trusting in yourself and that that whenever you're learning something new, it's not going to happen overnight. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just being a little bit kinder to to how I speak to myself. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love that you brought that up, Heather, because... We and I, you know what, I didn't plan it this way, but we just seem to be a group of professional, highly intelligent, you know, driven women with very busy lives and wearing lots of hats in in different areas of our lives. And I think along with that comes this personality of I got to do it perfectly or I can't do it all. I have to do it all the time or I can't do it all. I've got to get it right quickly or I'm a failure, right? I think we all have, you know, and I, I have that too. Like I'm, I'm no stranger to that. And I think that's the pieces of us that is our biggest obstacle when it comes to weight loss and improving our health or even just improving our relationship with food, because 
every single time we feel like we haven't quite measured up to these unrealistic expectations we've set for ourselves, we give up on ourselves and we quit. And so I love that you have learned how to give yourself grace and to say to yourself, you know what, brain? Nobody is going to get this right on the first try. Nobody is going to start from, you know, never meditating to doing it consistently every day for the rest of our lives. Right. And giving yourself that grace to uh, to and, and permission to be human and to take this at your own pace is what actually determines your success at the end of the day. Right. Like, Christina, you talked about, you know, zigging and zagging. It's like each time you zig, it gets easier and easier to zag. And eventually the zigs become much less frequent to the point where when they do happen, they're like no freaking big deal. Right. Like, and you guys know how much I talk about brushing your teeth. It's like my Achilles heel (laughs) for whatever reason. Right. But if you miss brushing your teeth one night, it's not like you give up on brushing your teeth forever. Right. It's like by tomorrow it's forgotten and you're brushing your teeth again. Right. But learning how to take that same attitude towards these other habits that, you know, feel you know, in some ways much more important, um, is a lot of the work that we do here. There is one thing that I would add, and it was, it was just that it was such a light bulb moment about how unique this program is because as somebody who's been taking part in it for a while now, like the things you teach just seem so obvious, right? But really the diet world is not talking about these things. And at work, There was four women, myself being one of them, talking about food and stuff. And one of these women, two of these women is very trying to lose weight right now. I don't know exactly what program, but restrictive and scolding, right? Like you suck if you don't eat, if you eat too many calories today and you're only allowed to eat these things. And I made a comment about batch cooking my taco meat and both of them without skipping a beat, looked at me and said, oh, you're allowed to eat beef on your weight loss journey? (laughs) And I was like, I'm sure if I wasn't wearing a mask, (laughs) I'm sure the look on my face was like, what? Because (laughs) I've forgotten that there's people who think there are foods they're not allowed to eat. And I'm like, my, I was like, why wouldn't I be allowed to eat? Like, why couldn't I make taco bowls for dinner? You don't, but they were dead serious that like, And in their mind, probably I shouldn't be eating beef if I'm on a weight loss journey. Right. And it's just such a light bulb. Right. And I right. I and and I also just want to point out that you not only do you eat taco beef, but you eat pasta and you Mm -hmm. eat bread and you have chocolate bars sometimes. And Mm -hmm. you've lost what, like around 45 pounds we're at? We're at 30, but that's more than 10%. Of where yeah. I started. Yeah. Uh, and again, I had a lot of like body things going on that you, yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. You, on. you, you did. Um, but yeah. I would say we're at 30, and but that's more than 10%. And I've been able to stay, sustain this through one of the hardest times in my life in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really saying something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, um, 
Michelle, I remember you coming to a coaching call with an aha moment of, you know, being in a restaurant with your friend who had brought out my fitness pal or something. Um, and just being shocked that you weren't, you weren't analyzing the macro ratio of all the menu items. Absolutely. And just ingrained in, you know, both of us for so long, that diet culture about not being able to trust yourself, not being able to do things. And um, she's like, I could never do that. And oh, my friend, yes, you could, you know, yes, you can do that. But people just don't believe it. It's so many years of exactly what Christina said, what you should be doing. You're judging yourself continually. You're restricting yourself. And, you know, we talked a little bit before about struggles and, and every now and again, you know, I hit a weight loss plateau and I'm kind of, you know, not allowing myself to readjust my thermostat and realize just a little bit of time is going to pass and I'm going to continue to lose weight. Mm -hmm. But every now and again, that thought creeps back in my head. I'm like, Hmm, I think I need to cut out something. And then I'm like, Whoa, no, I don't. And I don't. And I obsessed with pizza and I still eat it. And I've still been successful in losing like well over 15 pounds, you know, and it's amazing when you trust yourself and you don't judge yourself and you plan for it, that your weight right. loss journey can happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what I, what I love about hearing these aha stories is how they're sort of reflecting where you all were when you came in. Right. Cause like, I remember also when you told me, you know, this story having to hold back a chuckle then too, remembering back at the beginning when you were adamant that you had to count your macros. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I was I'm like, yes, right? yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ladies, any other aha moments you want to share before we sign off for tonight? Well, <clears throat> if it's necessarily an aha moment, but I mean, we talked a little bit at the start about how this program kind of reaches over into other aspects of our life outside of just diet and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really has been impactful for me is learning that I want to be the person who set, who does what I say I'm going to do. And mm -hmm. I'm, I want to be the person who shows up for myself. And in the instances where I'm still struggling with that, or it's a challenge being able to say to myself, I am the person who does what I said I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And I know Heather M has said that many times on, on a number of our calls. And at first it didn't really resonate with me, but I'm finding now more and more that that is becoming more of a mantra. And I can see where it can just have such a great impact, not only on my life, but my, my family life, my work life, so many aspects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that self-integrity piece is just so important. And, you know, the way that we're socialized as women in our culture is, you know, that we're meant to serve others, mm -hmm. right? We're, we're meant to be motherly. We're meant to put others first. We're meant to be the caretakers. And, you know, that means that we're sacrificing our own needs and the things that we know we need to do for ourselves to be there for other people. And so this idea of, you know, being the person 
that does what we say we're going to do for ourselves is the challenge because most of us are excellent at doing what we say we're going to do for other people right but but turning that around um and committing to being the type of person who does what we say we're going to do for ourselves is like a huge a huge challenge and definitely like i i agree heather something that we definitely work on in the program and I think that once you start showing up for yourself in that way, you can then show up for others and yourself in other aspects of your life, right? Like mm-hmm. if it's not just about, um, you know, making my 24 hour food plan, but it's how I relate to my boyfriend and it's how I relate yeah. to my brother and my mom and mm-hmm. even my dog, right? You, yeah. you show up yeah. in different ways. You know, it's, it's so true. I've actually noticed that in my own marriage um, as well. Yeah. Anything else before we sign off? No. All right. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. It meant a lot that you were willing to, you know, give up another hour (laughs) of your week um, and spend it with me talking about the program. I appreciate all of you more than you know. I am going to cry because I'm just so incredibly proud of the work that you've done and listening to your perspective on what's been going on in your life over the past six months and how things have changed just proves that what we teach works. Like it, Mm -hmm. it, it just does. And I know you start in the program and you're wondering like what the actual flip is this weird stuff. Like, what do you mean? I have to do a 24 hour plan. It's like, what do you mean? I have to pay attention to how my body feels. Right. And now here you are, you know, six months, six months, that's it down the road. And it's like, these things are second nature to you now. And you're noticing effects, not just in your body, but in your emotional life, in your relationships, in your work in some cases. And like that is saying a lot about how much work you've put in, how committed to yourself that you've been. And, you know, Heather B., even though you think you're struggling with it, you have been the woman who does what she says she's going to do by showing up here consistently for these past six months, right? Like, don't, don't, discount that like there's countless hours that you have devoted to yourself um, by being present in this program and i think i think that needs to be acknowledged as well so having said all that thanks again ladies we will see you in a coaching room very very soon I really want to say thank you to these wonderful ways of women who joined me to celebrate the 50th episode of this podcast. Now, if you know me, you know that I am famous for starting projects and never finishing them. So the fact that this podcast has made it to 50 episodes is a miracle in and of itself. And I am so grateful that these wonderful clients agreed to come join me um, to celebrate that this week. And I think what's even more worth celebrating is just how amazing the changes are in the lives of these ways of women. And it's because they really put the work into it. They were committed to themselves, committed to the program. They did the work and they're seeing the results to show for it. And they're also honest about the struggles that they're still experiencing on their weight loss journey. Because the truth of it is, I would love to sit here and tell you that everything is going to be easy that you're not going to have any hiccups, 
that there aren't going to be any roadblocks on your weight loss journey, that it's all just going to be, you know, you blink an eye, you snap your fingers and voila, you have the body of your dreams. I would love to be able to tell you that. But the truth of the matter is this work is hard and there's value in having this community of amazing women, such as the ones you heard on the podcast today, around you to support you, encourage you, give you some tough love when it's needed, and to just be there for you as you navigate through life and through this weight loss journey. And so if you want to experience what these amazing ways of women have, please just head on over to the website, www.waysahealth.com, and you'll find out all the ways that me and my team are here to help you on your journey. And if you have any questions at all, reach out to me personally at michelle at waysahealth.com, and I will absolutely respond to you. I look forward to hearing from you, and I truly hope to see you inside our programs one day. And that is it for this week. I look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a good one, ladies.